Hey, hey, you're listening to Fearless Pursuits Podcast, where it's that time to slap your doubts and fears around, learn online marketing, some mindset hacks, and fuel your entrepreneur's soul so you can have a breakthrough to success in your own business, even if you're just starting out or if you've been in business for a while. I'm Sharon Koenig, an online business coach and serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and my goal is to share with you everything that I've learned along the way, including the good, the bad, and the ugly. Each week, we'll explore what it takes to reach your goals, your dreams, and create the financial freedom through online entrepreneurship, plus hear interviews from special guests who share their own tips, strategies, and advice on how to break through to success. Without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome, everyone. What a day. So as I'm recording this podcast, y'all, I'm in the process of moving. And if you've ever moved, you know how chaotic it can be. And the thing is that we as entrepreneurs or somebody who is wanting to be an entrepreneur, we realize that we have to talk the talk, we have to walk the walk, and we have to do the darn thing. Sometimes it means working up to the last minute, and it's a lot of work, and we hope that we someday can actually work enough and build our businesses up enough so that we can relax a little bit. So when things like this in our life happen, we can relax. And you know why I'm telling you this? Because we are going to talk about a topic that I love so much because I've been in the business for oh, over 25 years. So I've seen a thing or two and started a business. And I can tell you when you're starting a business, it is the hardest part. But as you go along and you keep working on it, you're like a machine and your business is flowing so well. So when things like this, like moving or family events happen, you can actually relax. So we're going to talk about a topic that is going to be really great today for you if you are into that sort of thing. So it's time to roll out the red carpet for our special guest today who turned his nose up to the traditional nine to five J-O-B. He's my kind of guy because he's all about being fearless and going after it. He went against the grain with drive and ambition to not just make money in a side gig, but he went all in and made a lucrative business. I'd like to introduce you to Brian Winch, author of Clean Lots, America's Simplest Business. He started a simple parking lot litter removal business back in 1981 as a side gig. Now he shares his experience with others wanting to do the exact same thing. Today, we're talking about how to turn your side gig into a full-time passion. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hey, Sharon. How's it going? Pretty good. I'm actually, you know, as I said before, moving. So it's a lot of fun, you know, and, and I believe personally that we, just, we don't do the mainstream thinking that moving is stressful. So I'm choosing to believe this is an adventure and it's fun. So I'm having fun with it. That's right. It, it's all on your outlook. <laughs> it most certainly is. And, and so is working a nine to five and having a side gig, right? Because some people might say it's a little stressful. It is, but if you know what you want, um, you, you find a way to make things happen. That's right. Make things happen. And we're fearless, aren't we? We're going to make things happen. That's right. You have to have that attitude. So before we start sharing with the listeners a little bit about you and your, your story, can you tell the listeners what one unusual fact about you is that most people don't know? Oh, that's, that's a great question. Um, I'd have to say it's the fact that I'm an introvert. Um, a lot of people think, well, how can this guy who is on uh, numerous podcasts 
Um, he's running a business and he has to make uh, sales, do sales. How can someone like that be an introvert? And um, it, it's just something um, the way I am. I've always been that way. I, I enjoy working um, myself or by myself. But you you dig down deep and you find the motivation to uh, to do certain things. Um, if you don't do it, if you're running a business, uh, especially a small you know uh, one man operation, if you will, um, no one else is going to do it. So you have to find the motivation to get things done, and and you're rewarded for doing so. I love that so much because you're talking about digging deep, you know, and we're actually finding the motivation. So that motivation comes from deep within us and it's our why. So I think this is a really great segue. So I've had a chance to learn about your story and I know my fearless listeners would love to know how you got started. Can you share a little bit about how you began your journey? Sure. Um, it was 1981, way back then, before computers, <laughs> before the internet, etc. And uh, I was working a full-time job and, and decided, you know, I need to look for an opportunity to work for myself. I, I couldn't see myself spending the rest of my life working for somebody else, making them rich. And uh, I looked at it, what can I do? What, were, what was my skill set? Um, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have much of an education. I barely graduated high school. I, I didn't have any kind of college education, any business background, uh, not a lot of skills, if you will. But I had the burning desire to work for myself and find something that would uh, meet my needs. And again, I'm an introvert, so I decided, you know, it'd be really nice if I found some sort of service business where I could actually go out uh, and do the work and, and then be done with it. Uh, as opposed to running a retail store and, and maybe, you know, have more of the, the exposure to the, the public. Um, but that, that's myself. So, um, I, so I decided, well, well, you know what, without much money, et cetera, um, a service business would be the best thing, the best route. And I remembered that my father, uh, who had passed away a year before in 1980, um, uh, he was a janitor. That's what he did for an occupation. And he uh, moonlighted, if you will, before the term side hustle or side gig. People back then, people like us, we, we moonlighted. <laughs> we had a little job on the side, if you will. And so he uh, cleaned up litter um, or did a trash pick outside a nearby uh, shopping plaza in our neighborhood before work in the morning or early morning hours. And he'd taken me along with him a couple times um, just to help him out. And it was a good opportunity to to talk to dad, you know, early in the morning when there's no vehicles, uh, no people on the, in the parking lot. And I remember it was such a, a simple job to do. We, you know, we didn't go in and clean up an accumulation of, of trash. It was a daily service where we, we, we maintain the property litter free. So it was almost as easy to do as uh, going for a walk and, and making money from doing so. And I thought, well, you know what, maybe there's something more to that. So I should test this out, just test the market. To, to determine if there was a, a demand for this uh, service. And uh, I started uh, warm calling. I won't call it cold calling because, uh, you know, I'm an introvert. I don't like to, uh, uh, you know, uh, pick up the phone and, and ask for something and, and it'd be at the risk of being told, no, I, I'm not interested. So I didn't do that. Uh, I just picked up the, the, the old fashioned yellow pages uh, telephone directory and started looking uh, through property management companies or real estate management companies and, and simply asked them um, if they, uh, number one, managed commercial properties, and number two, if they'd be interested in a litter removal service that could uh, give them better results and save them money. And uh, when I had the answer, yes, all I wanted at that time was just to get the contact information. Who, who should I send my literature, my sales literature to? And uh, once I got that information, I started mailing out, snail mailing out my, um, my little brochure, my little flyer. And, uh, and then I would get leads from that. And I, I did that for, for a little bit. And, and um, I was fortunate enough uh, that one of, the, the, one of the first people I'd contacted uh, indicated they were very interested in getting quotes for three uh, uh, strip plazas or three small shopping plazas that they managed. And uh, that's how it all started. I, um, I, I kind of had to learn things as I went along. Um, I, you know, I had no training. I had to find out which tools worked the best, uh, how to price my service, 
how to efficiently walk um, the property so I could clean it the, in, a, in, a, in the most efficient manner and, and provide the best results. And, and so it all started that, like that in 1981. And uh, here I am today, uh, you, know, you know, almost 40 years later and, and uh, still providing the service. We scaled the business. We're much bigger now. We have several people work for us. Uh, but it is a great business that, that I decided, you know, here's an opportunity uh, uh, that I should share with others. And uh, that's how my book, Clean Lots, uh, happened about. I, I uh, wrote the book and uh, I share my experience with others and even provide free support. So much wisdom there in all of these 40 years. You have so much that you can share. And, you know, I heard so much here. I think that is so important because, you know, we're in a completely different era, a completely different time where business is done completely different. And I, you know, I haven't been in business for 40 years, but 25 years, well, over 25 years. And, and I too used to use a lot of the, uh, yellow pages and the snail mail and that sort of thing and finding leads that way. So, you know, I've also seen how business has changed tremendously. And, you know, there's a lot of listeners who are, are just wanting to start their business or they've actually only been in business maybe a couple of years. So they, they maybe don't even understand what we're talking about here. But, you know, there's a couple of things that I loved so much about what you said you know, if there is anybody who's listening, you know, I think the very first step from what I can hear is that, you know, you have to know what can I do? I mean, here you are, Brian, absolutely no education to speak of. I mean, you, you were in your own words, you had no skill, but the one thing that you did have was a burning desire, you know, and that's what this podcast is all about. That's how I founded my business. It's that burning desire to, to, succeed in some way you know you've got this goal for you it was making a little extra money right and that was what you needed and of course uh, over time you saw something bigger you saw that you could actually scale your business so i love so much that you know you told your story in that way but if anyone is wondering how to actually find the, the side gig or a moonlighting job as you were talking about is what can i do right that would be your one big advice right right well you know i think it's important too that people realize that you um wealth you don't chase the dollars don't chase the bucks because wealth is a result of what you're good at doing um so you have to decide you know what skill set do i have what are what are my hobbies can i turn a hobby into a money making opportunity or, or an endeavor um, you know, what about volunteering? You know, is there a, a certain causes uh, that you that you're interested in? Um, um, are you interested, for example, with my business? Um, it, it, it's it's litter pick or trash pick, but there's a lot of people out there that are interested in uh, the environmental or the environment aspect of their communities. I mean, they want clean, litter-free communities, and there are ways where you can volunteer your efforts that you know to help keep, keep uh, clean up your communities, but. You know, my opportunity is a great way where you can do both, actually uh, make a difference and and but also make money, turn it into a, a, a part time uh, opportunity or, or, or a full time business. So in a way, what I'm hearing, too, is volunteering could be a door that you could walk through to actually give yourself more skill in the very beginning. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I mean, if, if there's something that you want to get some more um, uh, practice from, or, or you want to look into an opportunity a bit more and, and see, you know, how big it can possibly be. Uh, a lot of times the great way to, to, to start that road uh, or down that road is to, to volunteer your time. And, you know, it's a, it's a great way to get a free education, if you will. I love that so much. I love that because I think what it does too is you know, it, it helps to make you bigger and think bigger, but also it's a great way to network with people to see what's possible and who knows what can happen. Well, that, that's right. And, you know, another thing too, people um, need to decide, uh, do I want an online uh, business? Do I want something offline? Um, do I want to work in an office or, you know, maybe you're working in an office all day and then do you want to come home and do the same thing or do you want something different? you know, just, you know, to change up your life a bit. And, you know, um, with my opportunity, it's, it, it is offline. Um, 
uh, you know, but also it, it gives you that opportunity to, to get outside. And, and if you enjoy working outdoors, uh, go, for, you know, make money from your daily walk. I mean, if you're, if you are the type of person who goes for a jog every morning or, or goes for a daily walk, Hey, you know, here's an opportunity where you can still get that exercise, but make money at the same time and, and take care of two things, uh, you know, a, a side hustle and also, uh, you know, staying in shape. I love that so much. And it's something that most people wouldn't even think of. Well, it, and that's true. And that's the, the reason is, is you never can really see the service being provided. You, people, uh, you know, take it for granted. They show up at a, at a commercial property and, and uh, they, they see it's clean or they see it, you know, maybe there's a, maybe it's a dirty property. I don't know, but they never see the person cleaning up. And so they don't know, you know, uh, they just assume, well, you know, someone's doing it, but, uh, but it's not really you know, a visible. It's not a service that you tend to see anybody do. Right. So I'm wondering about something. So, you know, well, you have a really unique business because again, it's, it, it's something that most people wouldn't even think of doing. Um, but the one thing I realize is that, you know, a business is a business is a business, you know, and you know, there's ups and downs and ebbs and flows with business, but what would you say was the biggest struggle you had starting out? Well, I guess that would be the very basic part starting out. Um, you know, what type of permits do I need? Uh, uh, what, what type of legal structure should I get for my business? Uh, uh, what should I name my business? Um, um, it, you know, very basic stuff like that. Uh, and uh, I had to learn that. You know, there's, you know, you find a way to get the information you need to move forward. And at, at that time, like I said, before the internet, um, a, a bank, for example, the place where you bank uh, would have a lot of good publications on, on, on marketing a business, starting a business. Uh, um, there's different uh, mentors out there. Like I obviously provide free mentorship for anyone who buys my book, but there's um, uh, the federal government has uh, what's known as SCORE. Um, and I can't remember the exact acronym, but it's a bunch of retired executives that uh, you know, have been operating various businesses and you can connect with them uh, if you're looking to start a business and get all sorts of valuable insight from retired executives that were in your line of work, if, if that's what you're getting into, that matches them if for absolutely nothing. So you just have to find out where to reach out and, 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 and a lot of material, like I said, is free. Yeah, that was something that I did too. I went with the SBA, but the acronym is um, for SCORE. It's S-C-O-R-E. Um, I'm not even really sure what that stands for, but what I love is that you offer free support for people that actually buy your book. That's pretty awesome. Well, you know, and I can do that because it is such a simple opportunity to learn, I, I, but I do recognize people are going to have some questions and some problems and and let's face it, a lot of people, they have their own uh, reasons as to why they want to start a side hustle or whether they want to just keep it that way to pay off some debt or save for, um, you know, something, a vacation, a college education. Uh, and then some people want to build it into a full-time business. But um, there's, there's all sorts of different uh, motivations as to, to why they do that. You know, and that's so true. And a lot of people don't understand that when they're starting a business or they're in a business, you know, it's, we were talking about this when we first started talking in this podcast, it's finding that deeper reason, that motivation to actually do it. You have the burning desire to start your business because you needed some extra money, but also you're talking about don't chase the dollars, but at the same time, you had that deeper desire to scale your business. And a lot of people don't realize that that comes from your why. And everyone else has a unique why. We all have a different reason we're doing it. For me, I'm single and I'm, I'm taking care of my kids and I'm homeschooling. I want to homeschool. I want to have a type of business that I can work anywhere on the planet because I love to travel and I want to be able to homeschool. I want her to be you know, free from you know, all of those different uh, homes, the public school activities that they have there, and so that we can travel and do things. See, we all have a different reason why, but tell the listeners, what was your reason? Why, I mean, you had a burning desire, but what was it for you that made you want to turn your side hustle into your full-time passion? Well, I, I saw, I enjoyed what I was doing, and, you know, I, I decided one of the, um, 
prerequisites for whatever I would uh, uh, get involved with uh, had to be uh, uh, outdoor work. I, I didn't want to be trapped within four walls. That's just speaking for myself personally, but I wanted to get out and do something and have uh, the variety every day, if you will. And so that's one of the reasons why um, I, I decided to, to build my side gig into a, a full-time business. And I, I enjoy doing what I'm doing. I feel good about what I'm doing, and and um, it was just a few months after I started it that I was uh, when I realized I was making more money working part time than I was for my full time job. So hey, you know why not spend uh, you know leave my job and spend all that extra time on on building my business even bigger. And uh, so that that's how basically I. I, I scaled the business, and and uh, it, at first it was turning it in uh, from a side gig into a full time business, and which was very successful as a one man operation. And then from there, I decided, well, you know, I can build it even bigger than that. I can recruit an army of people to work for me, and and then I, you know, I, I like to keep my finger in the pie, if you will, and uh, I enjoy doing the the cleanup work. But I scaled back my hours, and I spent more time managing the business. Uh, providing good customer service, um, you know, and uh, and then having other people uh, meet their needs uh, from working uh, uh, with me or you know with with me in my business. Uh, uh, also, again, all all sorts of people are looking for a side gig to uh, um, you know pay off some bills or or whatever. And so I I found I could very easily find people to you know to do the work for me. I love that so much, but it makes me think of something. So I imagine, you know, the listeners are thinking, okay, this is great and everything, but, you know, how do we find clients, right? So you're talking about how you were an introvert. So here we are, an introvert in the digital age, right? And I talk with my clients all the time about creating visibility in their business. They need to be an authority, obviously, in what it is they do, so the way to do that is to let people know about what you do, right? So that means you've got to be visible online. Um, you're doing something that is not online. You're working locally in your city and state, right? Right. I mean, it's a service that's it's performed outdoors. Um, but uh, you have to have an online presence in order for your customers to find you. Uh, or for you to find them, or for you to communicate with them. Um, so, um, you know, and there's various ways of, of doing that. But one of the things um, I, I found you touched upon is is having to do things that maybe you don't feel comfortable doing. And, and, you, and one of the motivations is, for me, is if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it. And so if no one else is going to do it, what's that, what does that mean for my business? It... Uh, it stagnates. It doesn't grow, or else it dies. So you you just find uh, whatever motivation you have to to uh, to do things that are necessary to to build your business. Um, customer service, for example. Yes, I'm an introvert, and um, but you know, you know when you're when you're dealing with people, um, it, it it's you're helping them out. And I'll give you an example. Um, anybody can you know, clean up trash from a parking lot, but if you want to build the business and you want to count on the referral business and your customers, uh, you know, liking your service and sending more work to you, you have to go a little bit further, provide a little bit extra than what you say you're going to do. And, and I'll give you an example. If we're cleaning up a property and uh, I happen to notice uh, some, um, um, uh, some building damage, some property damage, or maybe a stop sign's been run down or, or uh, some fence boards have been kicked out, or maybe, maybe there's some fresh graffiti uh, on the side of the wall. Um, I take an image of that on my phone, and then I email that to my customers so they can see exactly what I'm talking about. And they really appreciate us being an extra set of eyes for them. They know, number one, that we're at the property. They know that we care about them and their property because we're passing this information on to them. And it helps cement that business relationship. And and it's rewarding being told that, hey, you know, Brian, we really appreciate that. I mean, you're, hey, you're taking care of this property for, for us. And, you know, it, it, it's good to hear those types of comments, but it, it's great for business. And you'd be surprised how many people in any type of business don't do that. They, they, they sell the customer something and then they expect that customer to come back or, or continue to buy from them. And you know what? If you don't provide that customer service, 
there, you know, that, that your client can e easily find your, your service or, or something cheaper somewhere else if you're not providing that customer service. That's right. And I talk with my clients about this too. And this is, this is really interesting that you're bringing this up because if we have someone who's listening right now who actually loves what they do, they've got a business, they love what they're doing, they want to scale it. The thing is, is that we know that there's a lot of businesses, there's a lot of competition, especially if we have the online presence and we're, we're competing per se, uh, you know, to get other clients. We realize that what we have to do is we have to be different. We have to be unique in some way. You know, people have to know why they should hire you over someone else, your competition. So one of the things that I love so much is that it comes from love, it, as you were talking about. It's, it's really about giving. It's about caring about your customers, you know, not chasing the dollars, right? There's the difference right there. A lot of people, when they're in business, they're thinking, I just got to make money. I've got to make money. I got to make money, right? That's what's on their mind. But really, when we're talking about growing our business, it comes from a place of love and caring about our clients, about our customers, and about doing our very best. Because if you're not showing that you're unique in some way, which in your case, in this line of work, it's customer service. That's what's going to, to allow someone to want to call you and to refer you out. Well, that's right. And, and like you've touched upon, you have to have a passion for what you're doing. Uh, if you were to just chase the dollars uh, and you're involved in an activity that you don't really enjoy, you know, you're, you're not 100% sold on that product or service. At, at some point, you're just going to give up uh, on that opportunity. It doesn't matter what, uh, what the money is. Uh, if you don't really believe in, in your product or service and you, you have to have fun, you have to enjoy, you know, getting up and, and uh, going to work each day. Ooh, you talked about giving up. And this is so rich because we have people that are really struggling to grow their business or start a business or it doesn't really matter. And so they're hitting their head against the wall, right? And sometimes they do feel like giving up. I mean, and that's the life of an entrepreneur. You know, one minute you're high and everything's going great. And then the next minute, you know, it's like, oh my God, what am I doing? What have I got myself into? And they just really feel like giving up. So what would be a mindset hack that you've got that you would share with other entrepreneurs? Well, you know, your business is, is it's, uh, it's just like life. I mean, there's ups and downs, there's peaks and valleys. So you have to understand that there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. And you just have to uh, uh, have the, uh, the way you look at the situation is it's, it's the end of one day and tomorrow's another day. And you have to have a plan. You, ha you always want to be moving forward. And, you know, some people like to write the plans down and, and some people can, you know, mentally store it away. But you always want to be, be accomplishing something, moving towards a goal, um, you, know, you know, whatever project you're working on. Uh, and especially when you're starting a business, uh, you know, write down what are the steps? What do I have to do uh, to, to, uh, to launch this business? And, and just keep ticking them off until you get there. And, and then when you progress to the part uh, where you're starting to market your service or, or, or a product, um, it's, it's the same thing. You know, you always want to be moving forward as opposed to just being, le you know, left overwhelmed. Well, you know, there's so much stuff to do here and wh where do I start? And, and, and then giving up. So I loved what you were talking about was having a plan. I think this is really important for a lot of people. Well, you know, first they're, they're starting with their side gig and, you know, their, their goal is just to probably make a little extra money, right? They want maybe to get a car or they want some grocery money or whatever, and they don't really have a bigger plan. But for those people who are wanting to turn it into their full-time business, you know, they, they do need a plan. So what would you say to the listeners about when do you know when to go full-time? Like, it has to be in place. Um, well, obviously, when you're um, starting a, a side hustle, you need the job to, to pay a lot of the startup costs of whatever you're getting involved in. Uh, but then at some point, you'll know, believe me, um, when you uh, are having such a great time, um, you know, with your side game and, and the money starts to come in and, and if you start planning and do some projections, 
um, you know, uh, you, you can see uh, at some point, well, you know what, I'm making more money uh, from my from this the side gig, and, and I have that opportunity to expand it to a full-time operation, if, if that's your choice. But that would be only come if you left your job. Well, you know, it's different for every individual. But uh, that's the way it was with me. As I mentioned before, I was making more money part time for my side hustle than I was working full time. And I thought, this is crazy. Why why am I continuing to stay at this job when I can, um, you know, make substantially more money from my side gig if I turn it into a full time business? It sounds to me like you had a great deal of success almost right away. So. You know, a lot of people are, you know, banging their head against the wall, right? And, in, in, you know, trying to figure out how they can actually go and do the thing that they want to do, you know, their passion. But what would you actually attribute to your success? Maybe there's something that, some wisdom that you can share with the listeners, listeners and what they can actually do. Well, I would say it's persistence. I mean, I think that's the quality that I brought to the table. I mean, I didn't have a lot of other things going for me, but, um, I, you know, I have a work ethic. Uh, I think I inherited that from uh, both my parents. Uh, I come from a family of uh, blue collar, working poor, if you will. And we, we had, my parents had to do a number of things. I mean, they were a perfect example for me with the side gigs. My, my mom uh, would babysit, uh, my, you know, my dad did the different things outside of his full-time job. So they were great examples for me, but, um, but you, you have to persist. You, if you're going to have some setbacks and you just can't give up, you have to have the attitude. Well, you know what, this, this road didn't wasn't successful, but you know what? I, I can learn from this, and I'm not going to accept um, defeat or 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 this isn't the end of the my journey. I I can find a way. Uh, there's a, always a way, or there's always a solution. And if you have that mindset, you'll be successful. And I I don't mean to make it sound uh, that it's really easy, but I can honestly tell you, I'm, I, I I that's. That's what's paid off for me is, is my work ethic and my persistence. I love that. There's always a way. There's always a solution. That is really rich, Brian. Well, you know, also with the planning, um, you know, I, my wife is, is, uh, is a real planner. She writes down everything. And, and I don't go to that extreme, but I, I kind of have it in my head. And sometimes, yes, yeah, I do have to make notes. I, I have a calendar. I write things down. This is, a, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, I, I have a saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And it's really that simple. It really is that simple. But I know a lot of people are working towards that, but they get so lost in what to do and that sort of thing. So I'm wondering as far as strategy goes, can you tell the listeners how does social media actually fit into your business model today in promoting your business? Well, you know, mine is a business to business um, type of business. It's, uh, we don't deal with the consumers, but there's all sorts of great communities, whether it be on Facebook, uh, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn is more for the business to business crowd. And, and that's basically, uh, I have more of a profile, I think, there. And, and I, you know, I, I have more prospects uh, that I can find by being on LinkedIn. Uh, so if someone is thinking of running uh, a business to business, whether you're offering a product or a service, you know, that's the perfect place to be. Uh, but if you're, um, you know, online and you've got something that you're selling to um, the general public, uh, it's great to have a presence on, on Facebook, for example, uh, Instagram, uh, you know, uh, a Twitter account, all sorts of different things. But what you need to do and you learn is nobody likes to be told or be you know, hit over the head with a sales message. You have to develop uh, some trust. You have to develop relationship uh, with these people and, and so they can see the value uh, of what you're offering, and uh, and, and and so it's it's building um, uh, trust and and relationships with with people. That is so good and so true. So a lot of people know when I'm working with clients, I'm all about the the marketing, the strategy, the mindset, and that sort of thing. But a lot of people don't seem to get that part through their head. You know, they're they're pushing their products, they're pushing their service onto people. You know, hey, look at what I'm doing. Hey, look what I'm doing. And it really turns people off. And I think that this is so important for people to understand. People really do want a solution. You know, if you actually have the solution, they want to hire you. They love to spend their money on something that actually does solve a problem. But they don't like to be hit over the head with your message. 
Well, and that's right. And, you know, one way to look at it is you always want to sell the benefits of whatever your product or service is. You're not selling the features. People, for the most part, don't buy features. They don't care about, you know, the size or, or the, the technical aspects. I mean, there, there's always some people are. I mean, you know, but what you're trying to do is offer a solution. I mean, how I can make your life better, how I can give you a cleaner property for less money. And if you look at it that way, you're solving problems, and that's what people buy for. People you know, buy for selfish reasons. I mean, will this will this look make me look be, uh, better? Um, you know, will this make my job easier, etc. And if you have that mindset, you'll be more successful in your sales messages. Yes, and you have to know what it is. Is their problem? You know, what is the problem that you have to solve? If you can understand what their problem is, then you know how to actually speak to that. That would be your marketing, right? So you can say, you know, your property is dirty and I'm the one that can clean it, right? So it's easy to say that, but you don't have to hit them over the head with that. You have to show them, you know, like how dirty it is and what it can look like. So show them the possibilities of, of solving the problem. Well, that's right. And what's made my business model successful is that um, I provide my service after hours. Uh, it's an on-foot service using simple hand tools, but we can service um, the entire property, the sidewalks, parking lots, surrounding landscape on foot. And when, when I'm talking after hours, I'm not saying midnight necessarily or, or late at night, it's early morning hours uh, before the business is open and uh, we can provide better results for less money. It's just it's just better for our customers, and that's what they really uh, appreciate about our service. Besides the, the customer service that we provide. So I'm kind of curious about something. I've just been thinking about this. You know, for your line of work, you know, going and cleaning things up. What was the strangest thing that you've ever found? Oh, well, it, uh, articles of clothing. <laughs> I mean, why is it that you find one shoe, not a pair of shoes? <laughs> uh, you know, um, but we find money sometimes. People are careless with their valuables. I mean, we will find purses, uh, wallets, uh, you know, cell phones, but uh, people uh, tend to, I guess, put money in their pockets and then they put their car keys in and then they come out of a business, whether it's a, it's a restaurant or, or a bar, and uh, when they pull the keys out, the, the dollar bills, uh, the paper bills fall on the parking lot. And uh, it's amazing how much money you can find. You know, you're, you're there after hours, there's no vehicles on the lot, there's no businesses open, it's, it's very bright and light, uh, and you're walking around and, you, and you, you see ahead of yourself, you know, what are those, that looks like money there. And then you almost think there's some sort of social experiment. Someone's videotaping <laughs> because you start counting. Okay, I see two fives, a couple of tens. There's a twenty. There's a fifty, and you, you know, right away you feel bad for somebody who's lost that kind of money. But um, it, it's there. It doesn't happen all the time. I mean, more more likely I find maybe a twenty dollar bill or a five dollar bill or or whatever. But the most I ever found, uh, well, actually, yeah, there's there's two big hauls, if you will. Uh, and it's only happened twice. Uh, one time I found an old $2 bill that was all crumpled up and I just uh, put it in my pockets and I thought, you know, later that, that day I'll, I'll just stop for something to drink. And, and I went in to pay for the drink and I un, uh, unwrapped the, the old $2 bill and inside was a $100 bill. I couldn't what? Get, Yes, a $100 bill. Why somebody would do that, I don't know. But it was just a little wrapper on, you know, what, what appeared to me a, a little bunched up wrapper of uh, waste paper on the, on the, uh, the, the parking lot. And then, you know, I, I saw a, a two and I realized that's a $2 bill. Um, another time, and this was a, several years ago now, um, I was cleaning up around a, a waste dumpster where the, the, the tenants would toss their trash at the end of the day or throughout the day. And um, um, I, I saw this dirty roll of paper all um, uh, wound up with a, a elastic wrap. And I thought, you know what? And I kind of dusted it off. It was kind of muddy too. And, uh, I, you know, this looks like money. So I took it home, dried it out, and I counted off over $600 in cash. <sighs> and, I, you know, I felt bad. I, I think what must have happened was, um, uh, you know, maybe one of the merchants or the businesses uh, 
uh, had gone out at the end of the day and closed up and, you know, they had some cash that they were going to go maybe do a late night deposit. And it came out of, again, it came out of their pockets when they pulled their keys out. And it was sitting there probably for weeks, if not months, until the, the dumpster, the waste bin was kind of pushed off it. And that's when I discovered it. Uh, but, yeah, you know, there's all sorts of interesting things that you, you, you find. Uh, uh, like I said, the, the job is never boring. It's never a routine thing. <laughs> wow. Unbelievable. So it almost makes it sound like, hey, you know, if you need some extra money, go walk the parking lot so you can find some money. <laughs> well, you know what? That happens. Well, you know what? I have my uh, my route uh, every day. I'm, I'm out there. There, uh, I do come across uh, some people that are... They they have a little side gig, if you will, and it's um it's amazing how profitable it can be. But there's the bottle pickers. You have these people that go out early mornings and they're in their cars and they 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 go through the uh, the litter containers that are on the sidewalks in front of the businesses and they pull out empties and and toss them in the car and a bang away they go to the next property. Um, I also ran into an indiv- individual several years ago. He was retired. He used to be in the trucking business and he uh, was still getting up early in the mornings and, and he'd uh, take his dog for a walk and he was walking um, in front of a bar and I got to talking to him and he was telling me like the story I told you how much money he finds every morning just by going for his early morning walk taking his dog for his exercise and and hitting all these night spots uh, you know early morning hours and and finding five dollars here ten dollars here twenty dollars here etc Wow, it just makes me think about abundance. When you start thinking about how you can find what you want anywhere, it's just a mindset. It's going out and doing it. It's just going for a walk and feeling like you can have anything that you want, starting your business or just picking up a couple extra dollars here and there that it's just everywhere you look. That's right. You know, and so, yeah, you, you just have to look for that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of curious. I always love this when some when I talk with someone who's been in business for a while. They always have so much wisdom to offer. If you could start your business all over again, what would you change? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, uh, I guess what I would change if I had to do it all over again. We 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 did the the litter pick uh, for um, about four years. Uh, actually, uh, actually, it was a couple of years. And then um, we decided, well, uh, let's just see if we can uh, add some other services that our customers would be interested in. Hey, why not? You know, let's offer snow removal. Let's offer some, uh, you know, the grass cutting. I won't call it landscape maintenance, but let's say lawn care. And, uh, you know, some of our customers thought, well, you know, that that's great. You know, uh, you know we're happy with you for, with your service to, for the trash pick. Uh, by all means, you know, uh, we'd be happy to have you provide these other services. So, so we did that for a number of years and then came the realization that, you know, there's only so many hours in the day and we were getting away from what our core business was, was and that was the litter pick or the trash pick and, and doing that better than anybody else. It It is a niche service. And, you know, I do know, I'll be honest with you, some of our um, uh, prospects or property management companies, they they uh, they do utilize uh, one of these big companies, whether it be landscape maintenance or or a cleaning company, and, and try to get them to do everything for them. But what you what in my experience, uh, you know, there's no point uh, being or trying to be a jack of all trades and winding up being a master of none. Uh, focus on doing something better than anybody else, and you'll be successful. You know, I think that is so smart when you start thinking about niching down because a lot of people feel like, you know, they they are needing to be a jack of all trades in order to make the money. But I'm feeling like it's more important for us to niche down and to really be able to serve certain people, but to actually be an expert on a particular subject. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, this might be a little bit off topic, but uh, Albert Einstein has a great quote that I like, and it's and he said, "Try not to become a person of success, but rather try to become a person of value." And mm-hmm. you know, it, it just follows from there. If you do that, that you're, you're going to become a person of success. But it all comes back to like chasing the money. Don't do it for the wrong reasons. Well, you know, I can make a ton of money doing this. If, if you're not happy doing it, and you you know you uh, um, you, you don't enjoy um, providing that value, then you're not going to be successful. 
You know, and, and it kind of goes back to what we were saying before about being different, you know, what makes you unique, but, you know, providing customer service and coming from a place of love, because ultimately when you are coming from that place, you'll be that person of success. Right, exactly. So you have really dropped a lot of wisdom onto our listeners today, but I'm wondering, maybe a parting question here is what advice would you actually give for a part-time entrepreneur who wants to go full-time? Um, well, you need to be prepared. Um, are you willing to work for yourself? Um, can you, um, you know, wear many hats. Uh, it, we're not good at everything. And you need to understand, you know, there are certain things you can learn and, and do an adequate job, but maybe maybe you need somebody to handle your social media. And you can definitely source that out. There's a lot of people that do that as a side gig or a side, side hustle. So you need to identify your strengths and weaknesses and, and those areas that you're weak, you can work on them. But you know, let's face it, uh, there's some, some tasks that, that you, you're just going to get some other people to do for you, and that's going to make your business more successful. And, and that could lead you to, to uh, having a full-time business. Um, you know, to each his own, some people are content keeping it a, as a side hustle because they, they enjoy the benefits of both, uh, working for somebody and getting the health care benefits or um, you know, it, it, the, the different benefits package and, and uh, you know, it meets w one uh, type, uh, you know, it meets a certain needs for them uh, with the full-time or the full-time job, but then they, they're looking for something totally different that satisfi satisfies their, their other needs and they can get, uh, have those met with a, with a side hustle. Yes, that's so true. So I know that there's a lot of people that might even be inspired to do what you do. They might, maybe they want to get their hands on your book because you're actually telling people all of this and more step-by-step. Step. So how can people get their hands on your book so they can follow in your footsteps? Well, you can order it on my website, uh, cleanlots.com and uh, uh, just follow the prompts. Uh, there's the, the buttons, all sorts of information on my website. Uh, there's some frequently asked questions. Um, I have my about page, which tells my story, how I got started, uh, a number of different uh, podcasts uh, that are on there. I've got my media. Um, so you can check me out. I mean, I've been written up in different publications, so this is legit. I want to assure people, you know, I've been around uh, for a long time. And, and if, if, you know, I'm not uh, selling people a, a, a bill of goods, you know, uh, um, everything is legit. And you can see that on my website. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's wonderful. So the people will be able to read your book and learn exactly what it is they need to do, but also know how to succeed and make it a full-time job, full-time career, really. That's right. And uh, like I, I, we discussed before, I do provide that free support. Uh, and I can do that because it is a simple business to learn. And, um, you know, after a few phone calls um, or emails, um, you know, people don't generally need me anymore. Off they go. You know, they, they leave the nest and they're, they're on their own. But, uh, you know, I always do enjoy hearing people's success. And, and in a lot of cases, I, um, I use that. I share the, those success stories on my testimonial page. And, you know, again, we, we were talking earlier. People, you know, do it for different motivations, um, you know, to each his own. But, uh, um, you know, by all means, there's all sorts of ways to, um, you know, to, uh, uh, you know, find a business that uh, um, whatever meets your interests and in, in, or whether it be a hobby or, or whatever the case is, that you just have to look for that opportunity. It is out there and, and you will find it. Uh, just don't give up. That's so inspirational, Brian. And I, I love that an introvert can actually go out, be visible. Here you are doing the things that are difficult for a lot of people. You know, it's kind of scary to get out there and and, you know, do the cold, the, well, you call it warm calling, you know, and talking with people and, and getting the deals and following through and, and scaling because it's, you know, it's scary for a lot of people. Well, you know what, let me t tell you, I've, I've had a few people, uh, you know, phone me up, people that have bought my book and they said, you know, what, I'm having a tough time getting started because, you know, I, I've never sold anything in my life. I'm not a salesman. Well, I completely disagree. Everybody, uh, you know, isn't necessarily a born salesman and, you know, extroverted. Everyone knows that, 
the typical salesperson. They, you know, they're, 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 uh, you know, not, I won't say loud mouth, but they're extroverted personality types, etc. But you know what? Everyone has sold something in their, in their life. And I'll give you three, three examples. When you're a little kid and you wanted that toy or you wanted a, a bump in your allowance, I'm telling you, you've probably found some good reasons to give your parents, uh, you know, to, uh, good reasons to give you that, uh, that, that toy or, or that uh, increase in your allowance. Um, you know, it, it, when you're in high school or before that, if, it, it, when you started dating, you had to sell yourself, didn't you? I mean, if you're asking that girl out or that, that guy, you kind of had to sell yourself. Um, it, the same thing when you're coming out of college or, or you're looking for that first job. You know, you're competing with other people for that same job. You've got to do something that sets yourself apart from the other uh, the, the competition. You, you have to sell yourself. So if you look at it that way, and that's what I tell other, uh, other people, you can find it in yourself again to sell the service, especially if you believe in it. And, yes. uh, and then just follow through. You have to have the persistence. You have to be determined, and you will be rewarded from it. So much wisdom, Brian. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. You're such an inspiration. And I will leave the website for your book in the show notes so that the listeners can get in touch with you and get your book. Thanks, Sharon. I really appreciate it. I had a, had a blast. Yay. So <laughs> thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. This week's episode was jam-packed with great content, and now it's time for you to take massive action. Make sure to schedule your strategy session with yours truly, and also visit fearlesspursuits.com where you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found the show valuable, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes too. Or if you simply tell a friend about the podcast, that helps too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. This is your fearless online business coach, Sharon Koenig. Thanks for listening. Now go out and be fearless so you can change the world.